Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast about how comics and pop culture impact life and society. Coming to you from deep in the heart of Texas, I'm your host, Kevin. And straight out of Indianapolis, I am Sean. And before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And follow us on social media at Caption Life on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Reddit. You can also find out more information and past episodes at thecaptionlife.com. All right. And sitting in with us, joining us today is our honorary co-host, junior intern Madden. Uh, he's along for the ride because he was a big part of our experience at any PopCon over the weekend. And since that's what we're going to talk about today, he's going to uh, get to give his two cents as well. So say hello, Madden. Uh, hello. So we uh, we had the chance to to fly to Indianapolis, Madden and I did, over the weekend and to attend uh, Indie PopCon, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big uh, pop culture festival convention kind of there in downtown Indy. And we thought that it would be a good idea for us to take a day, think about it, and then reflect on uh, our experience. So we want to share uh, some of the things that we thought were good and bad and some really bad, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and, w- and we have Madden with us. He was a, he, he got to attend all three days. And so he's going to be able to share his perspective, which I think is good because I don't, I don't think, you know, a lot, not a lot of times do you get to hear from the younglings. And so, uh, oh, pad one. Okay. I know you're a little bit older than youngling. Yeah. I was about to comment on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to get to give his take as well. And, and that's important. So, right. so Sean, since this is, a uh, this is the convention from your hometown there in Indianapolis. Why don't you mm-hmm. uh, tell everybody what Indie PopCon is? Yeah, so Indie PopCon has been around for, I think, like eight or nine years. And it's pretty unique in the sense that whenever you hear or think of conventions, it's usually some genre specific. So, like, you got Comic Con, you got Anime Con, you got Gen Con, which is also in Indianapolis. That's more gaming. Uh, PopCon is kind of more general in that it celebrates all kinds of fandoms and nerdoms, in a sense. And so, um, it has a little bit of everything. We saw a lot of things that were comics related, a lot of things that were art related, uh, gaming related, anime related. Uh, we had guests who were, um, you know, from TV shows shows so like you know uh for this popcon they had jim o'hare who played larry slash jerry slash gary from parks and rec uh they had a lot of voice actors they had a lot of cosplayers um you know and people who love star wars or star trek so anything geeky or nerdy this is pretty much what they celebrated so they had a little bit of everything um for people to really get excited about and to celebrate what uh they love and what they have a passion for so that's right. Yeah. And uh, if you're wondering about what our qualifications are to even talk about this, number one, we host a pop culture uh, right. podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's it. But also, um, this isn't our first con. Uh, it's our first con together, but it's not Sean's first con. And Madden and I have actually been attending Comic Cons uh, for about seven years. This is probably our dozenth or so Comic Con right. um, to attend. And he's been he's been cosplaying ever since. And uh, and we actually did a, a, a group cosplay um, at this one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll lead off with talking about the things that we liked about, um, Indie PopCon. And this number one is like, I felt like Indianapolis is a great place. Yeah. Like it downtown, is. downtown Indianapolis is beautiful. I think the convention center is great. You know, it sits right there next to the, uh, the minor league baseball field and, um, mm-hmm. it sits next to Lucas Oil Stadium, which is where the Colts play. Uh, you've got the scenic 
scenic background with all the skyscrapers and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great place. If you've got to fly into um, a town for a convention, the airport is also really, really nice and easy to navigate. So kudos for the city. Props to the city of Indianapolis. Sean, you should be oh, proud yeah. to call that place home. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and, and when you both flew in, I mean, the first thing I told you all is that um, Indianapolis, what I love about it is that it is a like a bigger city, but it's not as congested as a big city, right? So it's a mm-hmm. big city with a small town feel to it. Um, so I never felt feel like whenever I go to Indianapolis, like we we have traffic and we have you know people you know walking around downtown all the time and things like that. But I never feel like it's overpopulated or over congested like if you go to Chicago or New York or any of the bigger cities. So that's why I always love about Indianapolis. And honestly, um, Indianapolis has been known for holding a lot of major events. So we held the Super Bowl here before, um, like I mentioned before, Gen Con is hosted here, and a lot of people from all yeah, over the, the country. A lot of times, here. the final, the final four, like the yeah, NCAA final four has been here for yeah. yeah a number of years, and um, you know the the um, NFL Combine has been here mm-hmm. for a number of years. So yeah, so everybody has always said that Indianapolis is just a great place to hold some sort of event or convention, or just even to come and visit because it has a lot of great big city things without being overwhelming or um, you know inundated with like the big city feel. So. Yeah, my biggest regret is uh, not going and finding the the mural of Reggie Miller uh, oh, yeah. painted downtown so that I can take a picture <laughs> of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, there's a lot of neat little things that they have here. Okay, so Indie PopCon, what did we, what did we, else do we like about it? Let me tell you, I, I thought the rest of the attendees uh, and the vendors were excellent at Indie PopCon. I think there mm-hmm. were a lot of really great shops that you could go and check out their wares. A lot of um, artists and authors who were who were um, who were selling, you know, indie comic books and things like that. A mm-hmm. couple of people that we might have the chance to interview in the future that we made connections with. Um, at Indie PopCon, but but overall, man, the people were so nice. Mm-hmm. The other attendees were extremely nice. The the um, the vendors were all really great, um, and uh, that was that was a really positive uh, positive thing there. I didn't really feel like it, I didn't see anybody go full Karen, so right. that was <laughs> um, that was great. Right. Um, the other thing I will say that I really really liked was the um, they have a great cosplay community. There was a really really great. Uh, turnout from cosplayers, whether it was, um, you know, kind of like amateurs where we are, uh, you know, we've done it for a while, but we're not professionals by any, um, any stretch, um, mm-hmm. to people who, uh, who really are like put a lot of work and effort into this, uh, all the way up to like the groups that were there, like the Ghostbusters group or the, uh, the Indiana chapter of the 501st Legion, um, which is a Star Wars cosplaying group. Right. There was there was a lot of great um a lot of great cosplay uh people in cosplay there um and we took a lot of pictures uh they were they were all very welcoming very very cool I actually got um I got Madden uh I surprised Madden with a, a photo shoot with a professional cosplay photographer so uh, I want to shout out to Michael P Hoover cosplay photography you can look mm-hmm. him up on Instagram he does great work uh, we just got proofs back from Madden's Thor costume and it was really really great. Uh, and then the other thing I will, the other positive thing I will say was that some of the, some of the panels, uh, and the, um, the interaction with the fans, some of those things were really, really, really great. We had, we had the, 
the chance to attend the um, the superhero trivia contest as mm-hmm. well as like the geeky spelling bee. And, and I want to give a shout out to the host, uh, Tony Schaub, who put on both of those. They were really, really great events. Oh, with yeah. A lot of in, with a lot of interaction from from the people in the audience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of energy of, for that. Speaking yeah. of pe- people in the audience, I'd, I'd like to point out that the person who won the trivia was yours truly, Madden Stalker. <laughs> yes, Madden, a 12-year-old, beat a room full of about 50 people at MCU Trivia. Right. Uh, and I will vouch, like, I'm his dad, but I, I'm, I'm highly competitive against him. And in the final <laughs> round... In the final round, we were we were in it together, and Madden knew the one answer that I did not know, <laughs> and he legitimately won. He is the he is the reigning champion of uh, superhero trivia at Indie PopCon. So that's something that you should be really proud of, son. Take a lap. Show show everybody. he's flexing. Hey, hey, Madden, real quick, were you in the spelling bee there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's quiet now, huh? Yeah, he's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so, he uh, like left his room and shut the door. <laughs> yeah, so Madden Madden walked out of the podcast, but I'll tell you the story. Is Madden Madden was in the geeky spelling bee and he did make it through the first round. He missed on the second round. Uh and the the top, the uh, category was Batman words mm-hmm. and so he missed uh, the word Minerva, which is a villain portrayed by Zsa Zsa Gabor in the 1960s Batman series. Right. And Madden, Minerva, like if you and I hear that word, it's M-I-N-E-R-V-A, Minerva. But Madden, not having been familiar with that character or or that word, spelled right. M-A-N, Minerva, right. and was was eliminated. But I was proud of him no matter what, because he put, on a, he put up a good show. He spelled Oracle right the first round. That was not easy. Right. Um, well, in Minerva, just like you said, the villain is not well known. And that name is like a very um, time specific name. You know, I mean, it's not a common name you hear now, but it was a pretty common one probably back then. So, that, I mean, honestly, that, yeah. that's that's a difficult one for for a geeky spelling bee. That's one, so. that's somebody's grandmother. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's somebody's great aunt Minerva. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally I totally sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. Both um, of my grandmas have five letter uh, first names. Well, good Are for you them. Sure? I guess I guess your your mom would be like six characters because of the uh, apostrophe. You know your grandmother's name is Debbie, and it's D E B B I E. It's That's... Deborah. It's not. De- <laughs> it's Deborah. Okay. Okay, you're gonna we're gonna argue a technicality. B R A, not D E B O R A H. Okay, so D-E-B-O-R-A. let me let's get to this next point so that we can <laughs> we can let Madden go. Um, because the the point the last point that I wanted to bring up is that the kids had a really good time right. at the podcast. I mean at the uh, at Indie PopCon. So I was gonna let Madden sit here and tell you guys, uh, you know what what did he like most about the po- uh, about the PopCon? Uh, winning trivia. You know that we brought you on here for more than two words. Can you that, can you elaborate a little bit about and that your dad about flew your experience out to Indianapolis for more than just a trivia? Oh yeah, my dad, my dad. Uh, so uh, I I really enjoyed um, the times when I like really like roasted my dad and like shamed him and just really like. Okay, about PopCon. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I thought we were talking about the whole experience. Okay, so, um, okay, all jokes aside, I, I really did enjoy uh, Pop PopCon. There was a lot of great cosplayers. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very d- diverse community. Um, and, and you and you competed in the adult cosplay contest, didn't I you? I did. I did. So tell us about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, there it. This one wasn't actually a great experience. You're. Uh, I didn't know if that's what you wanted to talk about, but the adult costume contest was very poorly put together. Um, all of like the contestants were like in a line outside of the convention, the main stage room, mm-hmm. and they did not have seating for us. We were not able to see anyone go on stage and like talk. Speaking of, there wasn't actually a stage. Everyone <laughs> was like in chairs and like you had to see over everyone to look at the, the people. I probably got the short end of the stick on that because I'm five right. foot one as opposed to most everyone else being at least the, uh, taller than that. Um, taller. Yeah. <laughs> or wearing heels. Or stilts. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I agree with you. And I guess we, you can use that. I mean, unless Sean has something to add about the positives, we can use that to, to segue into what was bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say, you know, some of the good things that I'll, you know, add on to what you all said is um, I was definitely impressed by the cosplayers that were there and the, the cosplay contest. Uh, not again, you know, mad touch on this, not so much the event itself, but just um, seeing the cosplayers and what they came up with. And, you know, the guy that won uh, first place for beginner, apparently the, the technical um, criteria for the different levels that they have, they have, you know, first, second, third place for beginners for like, I think journeyman and then professional and for mm-hmm. beginners, the only criteria that they mentioned is that you have not won a contest like, at any convention ever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so this the person that won first and second had such amazing cosplays that they must have been working on it for the whole year, which I know they said that they started working on it during the pandemic, but it was just, that must have been something that they were working on that entire year because it was just amazing what they came up with. So the, the guy that won first place, I forget what his character was, but he created these fists. He was that- Do- Doom Fist from... Um- was it League of Legends or uh, Overwatch? I don't know. It's from a video game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was still from a video game. Just not one I, I'm too familiar with. But uh, like these fists were like like about like three feet wide to bite four feet uh, long. And they went up to his elbows. But it was just amazing because it looked very mechanical, even though mm-hmm. it, it wasn't. I mean, I think it was made out of like foam or plastic, and, but it looked very metallic. And he had created in a way that he could actually move the fingers of the mm-hmm. of the hand. So even though the um, the gloves themselves were like, you know, probably three feet off of his actual hands, he must have had something connected to his fingers. So whenever he moved his fingers, they also moved it uh, on those gigantic fists he had to. And then he also had like steam coming out to make it look like it's hydraulic and everything. So it was it just was, really impressive what yeah. they were able to come up with. So, and and just like what Kevin said as well too, the, the boys had a lot of fun. Um, I think the highlight for me was just how Madden and Riley both really enjoyed getting their pictures taken with other people that people came up and asked to take pictures with them and vice versa. I know Riley just loves getting his picture taken with other cosplayers and seeing the, you know, the great costumes and everything. And, and, um, and Riley and I went to the kids cosplay contest and he thought it was so great seeing the other kids, you know, and their cosplay costume, uh, that he wants to do a contest (laughs) sometime too. So, so I got to start preparing for that now. So. 
I was going to say before my dad told me to talk about the cosplay contest, it was that my favorite part was hanging out with Riley and playing with like the Thor hammers and uh, just kind of like, like role playing, like brother. And, like, yeah. we, we would, we would like play fight and we, we spent a lot of great time together. That was most definitely my favorite part about uh, really just in like coming to visit Indiana as a whole. Yeah. And, and let's not forget that we're famous now because we made it on the news. Yes. <laughs> WTHR interviewed us. Yeah. <laughs> Say that yeah. again, Sean. What was that? What was the station? Oh, WTHR is who interviewed us. I think it was Sarah Jones from WTHR. Yeah, um, and uh, I think she, you know, this is typical in, in news recordings and stuff like that. I think they recorded. She recorded probably like two to three minutes of us. And only, you know, only like a 10 second blip actually made it in the YouTube video that they made for it. But hey, it's still something. But you sound, <laughs> that's right. And you sounded smart and we looked amazing. <laughs> so that's Just, all, that's all that matters. <laughs> Where on this podcast, it's usually the other way around. You sound smart and I look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I'll, I'll take credit for being the brains. Right. You're the beauty. <laughs> and I'm both. Uh huh. And this is your last appearance on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's jump back to the things that were not so great. And and Madden um, Madden touched on the the uh, the cosplay competition because I was really looking forward to the cosplay competition uh, with as many great cosplayers uh, that were there. Um, I thought. I thought it would be a really, really cool experience to get to see them all. And, and, you know, a lot of times when you go to a cosplay or when you go to a convention and they have a cosplay contest, there's a little bit more fanfare associated with it. You know, the, the people kind of get to go on stage and, and act it out. And even in the, even in the information that was sent out about the cosplay, um, competition, there was, you know, there was, it was listed that each person was going to get a certain amount of time on stage. Right. However, the space that they set up for the convention. And I don't know if it was a failure to communicate with the, with the, the convention center, or this was just an oversight by PopCon themselves. Um, they did not have a stage in the main stage. Main room. stage. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just a big meeting room and it was set up with rows and stuff, but there was nothing to elevate. Um, there was nothing to elevate the cosplayers up to where you could see them. So like Madden said, he was at a huge disadvantage because he's so short that wow. you really could do. You couldn't see him. And, um, and I, man's not the only one that caught the raw end of the deal. There were people in there with amazing dresses that you couldn't see because everybody was on the same level and there was no elevation, um, to the stage. Right. Um, and I think, I think that was, that's kind of to me that was kind of a symptom of a bigger problem was that that I think that there was a lack of organizational competency when it comes to when it came to planning the the Comic-Con I think there were a lot of details that were missed I mean I know that for for me it made um it made it hard to navigate the schedule because the schedule was not available on paper it was only available digitally Mm-hmm. Um, I had issues trying to check the schedule before I left Texas because the the times on the schedule were linked to the times on my phone. And so everything right. was off by an hour. Um, and even when you opened it up there in the on the building, it was it was not user friendly. There was no um, there was no map of the actual convention center. There was a map of um, the vendors 
But when you open that up on your phone, it was very, very hard uh, to navigate. So it was hard to it was hard to see anything. Right. And um, there was just an overall a lack of uh, communi- communication like this. There was just not enough information put out ahead of time. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of the problems that that arose during Comic-Con probably could have been avoided if if communication was more clear from the jump. Right. PopCon. Yeah, popcorn. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. No, well, and and I and I agree with that. And, and you know, I, I think it does bear mentioning to put in a caveat that this is post pandemic. This is, I think, the first event that the convention center have had since the pandemic. And I think it was just very clear that they did not have the resources or the experience that they've had before mm-hmm. because of that. And so I was actually talking to some colleagues um, at work about, you know, PopCon and Gen Con. And someone had mentioned that usually in the past, it actually is a lot bigger and um, a lot more people and things like that. So I think what we experience is is very atypical because of, you know, a number of things. I think, you know, because they didn't have one last year, they had the virtual one, but they didn't have one in person. I think they probably were, you know, pinching for money. I, I think it was clear that they didn't have the enough uh, leadership to help mm-hmm. run it because there were people that we found out that were wearing a lot of different hats that they usually don't wear for PopCon that were trying to run all these things. And so I think, you know, to be fair, it's it's not directed towards any like specific individuals, but it was very clear that it did trickle down to the overall experience because it was frustrating when we we're trying to figure out and plan and see what was, you know, where to go and, and um, what's out there. And it was very hard to try to look on that on a mobile phone because everybody, you know, especially if you don't have it printed, everybody's going to be looking on their phone to see where the events are at. And it was, it was very difficult. I mean, I know they tried their best to kind of have like those different options. I think it was like, calendar view and list view and like details and things like Mm -hmm. that. But still, even then it was kind of hard to see. Um, And we'll get to this in a second. They had a podcast section for the PopCon, but there is nothing on the schedule or the calendar events about any podcast stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And some of the events didn't even have details. Like there were some events that sounded interesting by the title, but then when I click on Mm -hmm. the details, it didn't say anything in it. So I didn't know like what it was about, you know? Yeah, there was, and and it was hard to um you know there was panel room 1 panel room 2 main stage mm-hmm. and and the the map that was provided was just a map of the tables in in the vendor hall right. and and not a map of anything in the peripheral which the convention center where we were at it was it wasn't very big and it wasn't once you got familiar with it it wasn't hard to find but like having flown in from another state and not knowing what to expect it was very disorienting at first. Right. Well, and what's interesting is the convention center is actually a lot bigger than what you guys saw. Okay. You only saw a part of it, like because it was only in one section of it. But the convention center where we were at, um, I think it was about a fifth of that size, basically. Because, okay. like I said, I've been there for Comic Con and some other events as well too. And there's actually a lot more rooms. There's even a bigger vendor hall that's available at the convention center. So like, and, and that's what I was kind of referring to before as well too, is that I think these, they had to utilize like less space because they probably didn't have the money or the, um, uh, tickets to get everybody or to have a bigger space for that. But yeah. I mean, it does say something that you flew in from Texas, never been to Indianapolis and never been to PopCon, And your impression was that the convention center was small when it's actually a lot bigger than what you saw. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, you know, 
I, w- I can be critical. I feel like we can be critical to a point, but I want to knock them like into the dirt or whatever, because somebody does have to go first. You know, somebody, when, when you're coming back from what we've experienced, somebody does have to go first. Right. And, and kudos for them for trying, at least. I mean, not everything went off without a hitch. And I would imagine that if we talked, if we had the chance to talk to somebody, they would, they would admit, um, some of the places where there were miscues. Or uh, some places where they know that they need to do better in the future. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, some, something you'd said earlier, you said it didn't trickle down to like any individual, but I would like to take this time to uh, talk about a, a specific individual that I actually did not meet, but uh, Mr. Sean had the privilege of learning about, which is Craig, a.k.a. Big Papa. <laughs> Yeah, so um <laughs> are, are you talking about the are we talking about the volunteer stories that we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that Yeah. <laughs> so No, we don't yeah, we don't know his name, so we just were like, Yeah, this was really unprofessional. That, just, yeah. Craig. Yeah. Yeah. So one of one of the other things that was kind of concerning is again, like this is both our first popcon, so and um Kevin and Manny came in from Texas. This is my first time going. So we don't have any sort of attachment to the people who run it or the people who are involved. We're truly, you know, spectators in this event. And it Mm -hmm. it did seem like there are other people who were there that were either volunteers or even just attendees had like a personal connection to the people who put it on. Right. And so yeah, it I think does we, seem like a very close knit family, the the popcorn regulars. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we had this unique experience and insight that, you know, we don't have any personal connection to the organizer or anything. So mm-hmm. I will say that of the first day that we were there to go back to what Madden was talking about, um, I was talking to a volunteer to figure out like, you know, where our tickets were or, or where we're going to be and things like that. And the volunteer had made mention that, you know, there's somebody that we had to go to talk to about that. And she had said, yeah, this person wants all the volunteers to refer to him as big daddy, but I'm not going to, which I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't because that's very, you know, unprofessional and that's very uncomfortable for a, a male to ask, you know, anyone, let alone, you know, <laughs> women, but especially women to refer to him as big daddy. And so it's, um, it's, so it's really concerning that, you know, the volunteer had shared that with me and that, you know, I, I don't know if I ever got a dress or, or anything like that, but I think there's this, um, and we'll get to a couple other things a little bit, um, in a minute, but I think it just kind of, um, Give us a little insight on some of the maybe systemic issues that's happening that mm-hmm. even though, again, we understand that, you know, a lot of this is volunteer that it's not easy to, you know, run a con. But at the same time, if you are making money off of it, you should probably have, you know, some things, um, you know, under your belt. And I think one of them is making sure that, you know, there's this culture for everybody that's attending and the volunteers that they know these are th- things that are like unacceptable and that they shouldn't be happening. And unfortunately with, with, uh, events like this and, you know, the, um, the culture, you know, this does bring into some of that classic, you know, fanboy type of mentality. And I think mm-hmm. this is, you know, a little bit of a result of that. And so I just, I felt like it was really concerning. I felt bad for the volunteer who had to tell me that, you know, that's what this person has told the volunteers that refer to him as. I think that's, you know, very unprofessional and it shouldn't happen. That was the first day that we got mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. So that along with, um, dressing as a Nazi officer, uh-huh. yes. um, 
should be put on the list of things that are just no go at PopCon, right? Um, because that that happened on Sunday, and and if you if you look up, you know, the PopCon uh, addressed the issue after the fact uh, on Monday, and if mm-hmm. you look at their social media posts about it, there's a lot of conversation on Instagram and Facebook about the uh, the young man who showed up right. in a uh, a Nazi uniform, and he was he was cosplaying as a character from Call of Duty, which I don't get me to I'm not gonna be, I don't know the name of the character i'm not familiar with it or whatnot um but it was a full nazi regalia uniform with the swastika patch on the arm right and um and i noticed that at, at some point they had he either took the the armband off or turned it inside out but he still had a swastika on his uh his neck piece his tie mm-hmm. um area and so uh it ruffled some feathers. It definitely ruffled a lot of feathers once it was uh posted uh, online. Right. Um and I think that like going forward Popcon needs to be aware of these things so that they don't have to be reactionary to to bad situations that they can be proactive to prevent um these kind of things from happening. Oh yeah. Well and and one of the things that you know, that also happened is somebody had posted that, you know, they had tried telling one of the staff members who I think may have been a volunteer about what happened. And I guess that person, whoever it was, had said that they're not doing anything wrong, which, again, like we all know, you know, that is not the case, mm-hmm. um, you know, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I think I kind of go back and forth on this because I think it did eventually get handled. I don't know how long it took. I don't think it was as quick as some people were uh, making it out to be, because if you look at the pictures that were posted of him in there, he went through like different parts of the convention that he must have been in there for at least 20 minutes before anything must have happened, you know, and and again, I don't know all the circumstances there, but I think. But even even that is indicative of the fact that they just didn't have enough people. They didn't have the staff that they needed because there were multiple times where there weren't enough people to check. Um, to check people in at the door, there was a guy doing double duty, checking for armbands and doing weapons oh, check weapons at the same check, time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there just weren't enough people to, to, for somebody to raise an eyebrow at that and be like, no, we're not going to accept that. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's just a symptom of the bigger problem that they had. And, and, and we can say, we can all say, you know, they probably should have waited a while or whatever to have, um, the popcorn. But like I said before, somebody has to go first and, and there's going to be some growing pains, Probably a lot of events over the over the next couple of months as people gear up to do other big conventions like this. Right. Yeah, and I, I think the the issue I had with um with what with the incident that happened, I mean there's there's a number of things, but one of the things is that as I was looking through and seeing, you know, what people have posted, it was clear that this person who dressed up in a Nazi officer uniform knew what kind of reaction he was going to get because he had posted his pictures and he had said something to the effect of that. He was nervous all week about doing it. And then yes, he I even said that. that yeah. He even said that like some people like support him for it, which I'm just like, that is problematic. Um, but I, I've had some people, it was just interesting because some people, uh, you know, when we were, when people were commenting about like, you know, how did this happen and why did it take so long? Some people came in support of the organization and said that, you know, Try running a con. It's not as easy as you think, which, again, yes, we know that. But at the same time, like, I think it's more indicative that they're friends with the people who run it. Because I think if you, you know, take an outside look, like, yes, it's not easy to run a con, but I think this is problematic. And one of the things I had suggested is that, you know, maybe they should ban the person from PopCon, 
you know, or at least for a little bit. So that way, you know, they know that this is not acceptable and that, he, you know, because who knows, like, what kind of other stuff that he might try to pull in the future. If he thought out and knew this was kind of the reaction he was probably going to get and went through it with it anyways, you know, and, and people just mm-hmm. came out of the woodwork and was trying to say, like, well, I don't think, like, banning, you know, is is the right protocol. And again, you know, I, I don't know if it is or not. I, I would suggest, I suggest that cause I think it, it is, it would be the right thing. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, I don't think it's overreactionary to ban somebody for doing that because it's, that wasn't a mistake that someone made in the heat of a moment. That was something that is planned is not ignorance because if you are, you know, 17, 18, 30 years old, I, I don't even know how old this person was, but you know, even if you were, you know, a high school student and you did not know, you know, what kind of reaction you're going to get from wearing a Nazi uniform, I think that's, you know, that is problematic, but I would have a hard time believing that that was the case here, you know? So, yeah, I, I thought he was, I, I, I saw him, I thought he was probably pretty young mm-hmm. and, and that was, um, that was probably a big factor in his error in judgment. So. Right. Right. Um, before we before we wrap things up, one of the one of the uh, it's, I, the low the low points for us for PopCon was <laughs> um, was our involvement or our submission to their uh, their podcast awards. Um, right, we we actually was this was a big part of why I decided to uh, to go up um, because we were going to submit to the uh, the PopCon awards uh, podcast awards. And, um, the information that they had about submissions, I didn't feel, I mean, it was, it was decent. It was decent enough, but once we submitted and, and were there to attend, I think the, the wheels came completely off Oh yeah. and the actual experience that we had there was, um, was less, less than good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just in, on the podcasting side itself, it's again, this is PopCon that's supposed to celebrate like all different kinds of fandoms. But when you go to the website, first of all, going back to what we had talked about, there's just not a lot of communication. Like I couldn't even tell from the website, like who was like in charge or even own the convention, which I feel like most conventions or organizations would have that information there. But um, it does sell, it does promote and say that they have podcast awards and they even said that you can have a live podcast recording there. Um, but the problem was, is that we submitted to get our podcast, uh, you know, submitted for the awards, but we also asked to, um, to do a live recording of the podcast as well too. And we didn't hear anything until probably the week before when they told us that, they were going to put us on Friday on Friday of PopCon. And so we're like, great. And then I asked like what time and asked about tech technical stuff because I want to make sure that we have like the equipment if we need to bring it. And they didn't respond until like the night before saying, here's mm-hmm. the time we had, which we had to change, you know, the time because it was conflicting with one of the panels we wanted to go to. Um, and just pretty much said like, yeah, we'll make it work basically, you know, and, and the website, other than the podcast awards, it didn't have any information about when the live pa- podcast recordings were going to be. So if you wanted to go to a live podcast recording, mm-hmm. you couldn't find that, that information unless you already followed that podcast on social media and they were promoting that basically. And even right? then, like we tried to promote, uh, we would try to, we couldn't promote ours in the days ahead of time right because it, there was no information about it it wasn't listed on the schedule and then when we when we showed up there they didn't have a space prepared for us we actually ended up being the first to go right so they they put us on the main stage which in another in another um 
alternate universe would be be great. But at two o'clock on the main stage, you know, most everybody was buying buying badges and checking in and to go into the vendor hall at that time we didn't have an audience right so we we scrapped the idea of actually recording there because we wanted it to be something that was interactive and the only two people sitting there watching us were our children right and and to be fair i mean again we did request to go earlier because they did put us you know they did say they had an opening for 6 p.m and and that was going to conflict like one of the panels we can go to so right so it's not like they dumped us at that time but no that's but true the the problem was is that they had closed the doors for the main stage so it's like even if we're talking people wouldn't know like what we're what we're doing mm-hmm. or, or anything like that but I think again you know when that stuff is going on you probably want to think about should we have a panel live podcast recording going on like you know at that time yeah um and then once it got to like the awards itself like again there was no information about the award ceremony um i think you know kevin you said you had to post something in facebook and someone said it was going to be during the uh popcon film festival award so it was going to be at right. the same it was time be combined but then when it came to you know sunday at four o'clock like 10 minutes till we found out because we we're walking around um by the room that it was actually going to be in a separate room and then we tried to get into that separate room and 10 minutes before they said no we're still trying to figure stuff out and so it was clear that they didn't have anything ready it was clear that podcasting even though they said that you know we invite and have a whole thing for podcasting it wasn't their high priority i don't think it's a money maker for them mm-hmm. and then when we went to award ceremony the guy who was like running it was just pretty much listening off like the first 10 minutes what happened why it went wrong what had all gone wrong they had told us about how they usually have these two awards like the um, best intro award and he said he doesn't know who won because he doesn't have the information they usually put out um, you know, people's choice awards, but they forgot to put down the website. So they didn't have that award. So it's like, by yeah, the so time people they, couldn't go and vote. Exactly. So it's like, by the time that he got to actually say who won, it just felt kind of cheapened by this whole experience because it was just like, they didn't even have the like awards or even like the, like little sheets of paper said that we won anything, yeah. you know? And, so, and, and full, full disclosure, we didn't win. Um, but, <laughs> but even and that's if we not did. That's not why we were upset. I mean, it was a very, it was a very shallow gesture to the dozens of podcasts that submitted because he kind of just said, all right, in this category, it was these guys, this guys, this podcast and these guys. And the winner was these guys. Right. Like it was, there, there was no graphics on the screen. There were no awards to be handed out. Right. Only a handful of people that won in certain categories were there to like even accept their, um their awards right and um i'm glad for the people that won and i'm 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 looking forward for when they post like the winners hopefully they'll post a list of the winners so that we can check out some of them (laughs) it's just i wouldn't hold my breath (laughs) it it seemed like an afterthought of an afterthought because there just wasn't there just wasn't anything invested into um and into this yeah and and again i feel for the people because you know the the person who was running the award show said that he had to wear multiple hats and he had to do a lot of other stuff he usually didn't have to do. So I totally get that. But again, it's I think it just reflects poorly on the organization that you're you're spread so thin. And then this is how, you know, people who are coming out of the state who are coming in specifically for the podcast show and everything. It, like this is how it feels. And, you know, now it's like. And we're yeah, not coming like in, back to this. And even if we do come back, we, we're not going to do anything podcast related because clearly it's not a priority for them, you know? 
Yeah, Indianapolis is kind of like dead center in the middle of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's like the middle of Indiana, which yeah. is, you know, right between Illinois and Ohio and Kentucky and and Tennessee even. Like there were people, vendors that came from multiple states surrounding right. um, Indiana in order to be there. And I, I hope that I hope their experience was was positive. Yeah. But I know that there were podcasts that were submitted from from all over um, that you know, maybe they didn't have anything like emotionally invested in the award ceremony that would just be like, you know, I live in Alaska and I'm submitting to this thing. If we win, we great. If not, then no sweat off my back. But right. yeah, we, we, like it was one of the reasons why we chose to, why we, I chose to travel up there was to attend um uh, and record a live podcast and attend the podcast awards, Uh, you know, holding out a little bit of hope that we might've, we might've won something, but like, <laughs> right. And to be honest with you, I don't even know what their their judgment criteria is, or who, yeah, um, or who even judged them. Like it's just there was just so so little shared about the whole process, right? Yeah, and so, honestly, I think they didn't really know until it ended up happening. You know, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know what? Overall, I I enjoyed my time there, with the exception of those few downbeats. Right. Um. I I I think the popcon overall is probably a good organization and i wish them all the best um in the future right i don't think that i would fly uh to <laughs> texas again to attend but i think i would recommend it to other people in indiana indianapolis and the surrounding area because it yeah. did seem like a fun uh fun family event that people could uh that people can go to and have a good time yeah. especially if they were especially if they were new to the con scene in right. con Kind of has something for everybody, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it, you know, just like what you said, it's it's a really good one, especially if you've never been to a convention before, um, to kind of just get introduced to a little bit of everything, so you can see what's out there. Then, if you ever get interested in doing more genre specific conventions, it's good. But yeah, I mean, just like Kevin said, you know, I think overall it is a good organization. I think it is a good convention. I just don't think that we would come back to do the podcast awards or try to do a live podcast recording because of, you know, all the missteps and everything. But, you know, I, I would definitely go back and, and take uh, my son again and, and, and do it because I think it's, it's more about the community that's involved with the, uh, you know, the cosplayers, the attendees, the vendors, and even the, the guests that they have were really great. Like we, I, I didn't say this earlier, but um, Riley and I got to speak to Jim Cummings, who was the voice of Tigger uh, from Winnie the Pooh series and Darkwing Duck. And Riley and I love Darkwing Duck. And so he got to hear Darkwing Duck talk to him. And he thought he had the biggest smile on his face. And he thought it was awesome, you know. So it was just a lot of fun to be able to have some of those experiences there. So I definitely go back as, a, as an attendee, just not as a podcast host. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that I think that, that kind of sums up how we how we feel about it. Hey, that's going to wrap up another episode of The Caption Life. We hope that you enjoyed listening to us. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Caption Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out, tag us in your post. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, please visit thecaptionlife.com. Until next time, live long and prosper. See ya.